Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning and in the middle and at the end of all that we do. May openness and shalom mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Grab a sparkling water, (laughs) sit back and relax, and enjoy the Deep Waters Podcast. such a good day it is a really good day i'm like i'm really loving this fall weather it's when we're recording this Mm -hmm. in the year of our lord 2023 yeah and it's uh (laughs) unreal like i just there's nothing better than fall and spring in the treasure valley i'll say it hot take i don't think it's a hot take i think it's just a a pretty popular opinion no one's like i love february in the winter (laughs) you know that really like slimy sloshy gross like Mm -hmm. it's not snowing anymore but when everything's in black and white yeah yeah (laughs) everything's just dirty and cold it can be beautiful but (laughs) i just i like the right now we got 12 hour days it's just like right in the Mm. middle of everything it's just lovely so thank you lord for goodness (laughs) <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. All right. Well, uh, we're starting a new series today. Am I right? Yes, we are. How wild is that? Yes, it's kind of fun. I'm excited for this. I'm not even sure where it's going to lead us completely. Neither am I. We are talking about the tongue. Yep. Speech. Uh, I thought maybe we could call the series The Power of the Tongue. I like that. Do you like that? Mm-hmm. Because within this series, we're going to talk about all different kinds of kinds of things that find their um, unity in the use of our mouths, the words that we say yes, or don't say. So lying, gossip, slander, honor, speaking the truth, mm-hmm. um, swearing we want to address yeah. at some point in this. And we thought a way to talk about or a way to introduce this series is with the popular commandment. <laughs> yes. One of the 10, uh, do not take the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. It's actually the, the top in the top three commandments. <laughs> it, it, it made it into the <laughs> yeah, top three. Yeah. It's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> we ranked them all. Uh-huh. It's number two. <laughs> top two. It's number three. Um, oh, yeah. Well, hot we'll, take. We'll, uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was brought up to us, brought up to me by a mm-hmm. listener. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a really great idea. Uh, he was talking about, this all came in the context of what do we like, how do we judge what to consume as Christians? Like, where do we draw the line when, you know, there's a movie and they're swearing or, you know, you hear a podcast and they're taking the Lord's name in vain. Like it, should I just shut it off there? Wow. And I'm like, I don't know. And I, I've heard a few different things about the Lord's name like taking the Lord's name in vain. And so I didn't even know kind of what to think. So it was interesting to kind of research this a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I personally, I mean, what happens to you when someone, like if you're watching a movie and they 
culturally take the Lord's name in vain by saying for research purposes, Oh my God. Sure. Jesus Christ, things Mm -hmm. like that, you know, out of context, out of context in a way that feels, yeah. Like I, I have one of my closest friends, you know him, um, is not a believer of any kind. He's a strong atheist, which I guess he believes in atheism. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he definitely says the Lord's name all the time, but it doesn't mean anything to him except as an expletive. Um, and that makes me feel gross. Mm-hmm. I think there was one time he asked me if I get offended when he swears. And I said, I don't like that you swear. And he asked, should I stop swearing when I'm around you? Because he's a considerate guy. Yeah. He just lives a very different life. Um, and I said, honestly, if you amend your language at all, just don't take the Lord's name in vain around me. Yeah. Because I want you to be honoring to God. Hmm. the God that you don't even believe in, but I follow with all of my life. Yeah. So I asked him to not do that. And he actually tries not to, but it's so like baked into just his habits that he can't help himself most of the time. Exactly. And so, yeah, I would say as a kid, I definitely felt like anybody who used those words, Oh my God, in a row Mm -hmm. was like, you know, you might as well have just said the F word or something. Yeah. I mean, that's how I grew up too. It's like, we weren't allowed to say that. It was obviously like super bad Mm. or like disrespectful to God. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, we're going to get into this. Yeah. I'm not, at least I think there's many ways that our tongue can give life, speak Mm -hmm. life or speak death, you know? Yeah. And, but I mean, when we go to where we get this idea that it is bad, do not take the Lord's name in vain in Exodus really the Hebrew isn't saying don't say, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. or God, yeah, you know, totally. Um, which is interesting. So I'm like, why, why did we land here? Well, I mean, we'll get into it, but we will. Yeah. Do you have any other like lead in hmm. thoughts? I guess I'll just say from the bit of research that we've both done, this is a conversation. Yeah. This isn't like, for sure, this is the only way to interpret this part of the Bible. So if you're yeah. interpreting it differently, then you're wrong. <laughs> That's not what we're saying. Totally. Um, but both Jace and I have come across this really wonderful doctor of theology. I think that's what she is named Dr. Carmen Imes, who is now an associate professor at Biola University in La Mirada, California. Come on. And he knows places. Yeah. I almost went there. Biola rocks. I'm a big fan of Biola's. Um, I liked the idea of Biola when I was looking at colleges cause it's close to Disneyland. You can see the fireworks of Disneyland from the library. Uh, that was a huge selling point. Yeah. For me. Totally. Same. <laughs> I went and visited their campus and they took us to Disneyland. One of the days. That's a great ploy. They knew that it oh, was a yeah. selling point. That's <laughs> so good. It was a great university. Anyway, it is a great school. We love Biola. Um, And anyway, Dr. Carmen Imes, she wrote a book. Her whole dissertation was on Exodus 20, verse (laughs) 7. Could you imagine getting your doctorate around one verse of the Bible? Honestly, probably a ton of theologians have done that. And hers was around this concept of what what does it mean to take the Lord's name in vain? Mm -hmm. And she wrote her dissertation and then later wrote a book 
about those same concepts in a way that hopefully just the normal non-nerdy person could understand. <laughs> and I've been really persuaded by her interpretation. Mm -hmm. And that's not to mean that we're supposed to throw all of the other interpretations out of the window. Totally. Like yeah. um, to speak in a way that utilizes the Lord's name or even not just his name, but the title like God or Lord or Christ. Those aren't names, but they're titles. Um, but to use those in any kind of irreverent way is for sure not honoring yeah, to the Lord. 100%. It doesn't, um, doesn't keep his name or keep his reputation, should I say, mm -hmm. holy, yeah. set apart, um, in the way that I utilize my tongue. So that value is important. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that. Absolutely. Um, but is that what the third commandment is saying? Mm -hmm. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. And we'll poke at that a little bit. Exactly. No, I think that's so good. We were asking around the office of like, what do you, what do you think about taking the Lord's name in vain? Mm -hmm. And I think very much in Christian world in America, it's very much, you know, don't say whatever it is especially around a swear word too, you know, it's oh, like, yeah. that makes it double bad. Um, <laughs> but I loved what, um, pastor Jordan, uh, said about kind of like that. It's like, you wouldn't just as you would talk about anyone if they weren't there, like God is always there, you know? Yes. And I brought up like the, an example of, even if I was trying to make a point about, you know, to another believer about, uh, something in theology. And I bring up a, an incredible theologian like Dallas Willard. Yeah. But I just call him like DW or Dally boy, Dally boy. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just like, it's, it doesn't have the same gravitas and respect for all that he has done. Mm. So, I mean, that's a very, you know, that's not complete. That's apples and oranges. Sure. Of a comparison, mm -hmm. but I, it just got me thinking about, Oh wow. There's something to honor. Um, even when that might look when language is subjective, culture to culture it is um there's something to being honoring in your culture as yeah. well to uh who god is and hmm. yada 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 so maybe we'll just say for helpful language sake we'll call this interpretation the common cultural approach of what it means to take the lord's name in vain mm -hmm. that common cultural approach is that um to say one of the lord's n names or titles uh in an irreverent way or even just in a like thoughtless meaningless way mm -hmm. is bad 100 that's, that's what the commandment is getting after that'll be the common cultural mm -hmm. interpretation sound yeah, good that's good that's good and we'll i'm gonna link uh a podcast we referenced and an article where um the bible project people interview dr carmen it's so good like I, I would say it's a great supplement to what we're going to talk about. We're going to touch on a lot of stuff they, they talk about, but um, just so you know, that's out there. That's what kind of resourced a lot of this that's as good. well. Uh, can I go into just a couple more interpretations before we hit yes. Dr. Carmen Imes? Totally. Yeah. Um, there's another one that says, n n do not take the Lord's name in vain could mean don't blaspheme um, mm -hmm. God don't say something that is like inherently cursing the name of the Lord or blasphemous to him. 
Um, which is why, like, if you read the book of Job, it's really significant that Job never cursed God. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife tells him that he should, but he doesn't. Yeah. He wrestles in his pain and suffering with God, but he never curses God. There's no, like, um, there's no blasphemous, like, negativity that he's throwing towards the Lord. What? And, just real fast, what's yeah. the difference between, like... Um, David saying like, why have you forsaken me and like left me Mm. to the, the wills of my enemies? And you got like just this deep lament and like blaspheming. What's the difference there? Wow. I think, oh golly, how do you do that? Is it just like, like, I curse you God. Like, yeah, is that? I might like that means nothing in English. I feel like in this day and age, if you just said that today, yeah, which I'm, yeah. I maybe don't suggest that, but like, yeah, totally. What does that mean? To I'm even like triggered God. a little bit in you saying that, even yeah. though I know it's just an example. It's funny. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking the difference between a child telling their father, like, like, why are you so hard on me all the time, dad? Mm-hmm. Like I'm yeah. wrestling there. Yeah versus like, you're a horrible father. I want nothing to do with you. Yeah. Like I wish you had never been born. <laughs> wow. Totally. Do you see the yes. difference there? Oh yeah. Totally. Which is like attacking the identity of the father, not just questioning, Yeah. not just trying to understand and being angry, but like defaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, like, like you are a liar. You're like, you know, all these things that he is mm-hmm. not at all. Like the complete opposite of. Yep. And it's like, you're obviously picking up identity for God, elf, like outside of who he is, Yeah, you know, and have, have a twisted view of who he is. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I said Does that I, make sense? I, sorry. I said I curse God. No, no, it's okay. You just, I don't curse God. There, there you go. Okay. Are we good now? <laughs> All's well. Okay. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. We bless the name of the Lord. Yeah. I felt like yeah. I got a little close to the edge there. No. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That's. Yeah. Uh, I guess part of the value of this conversation, honestly, is to mm-hmm. flush that kind of stuff out. Totally. But again, th- that's another interpretation, the like blaspheming mm-hmm. interpretation, um, the common cultural one. So we've talked about two. Both of those things are valuable things. Mm-hmm. Is it what the verse is saying? I don't know. There's a third interpretation that's just the oaths interpretation, Yeah. which Jesus touches on in like, the Sermon on the Mount. It's talked about a lot in the Old Testament. Um, it's talked about in the the kind of in the Ten Commandments too. Don't, yes. Um, say false witness against your neighbor. That's great. Is that kind of the same thing? Yep. Okay. So people who people who argue against this approach say it's already in the Ten Commandments elsewhere mm-hmm. about false witness. So why would it be in there twice? But some people think that. Yeah the third commandment is getting at that same idea. Um, so here's a quote from Leviticus chapter 19. It says, you shall not swear by my name falsely. And so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. So the Lord is acknowledging there in the laws of Leviticus that to swear falsely Mm -hmm. by his name is profaning his name. So there's a link there between to profane the name of God and to take the name of God in vain. Interesting. In the mind of the people who make that connection. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is there a way to swear truthfully on the Lord's name? 
oh, like, I swear to you by my mother's grave that yeah. I will do this. Yeah. And then if you actually follow through with it, then it was truthful. Yeah. But what Jesus then tells us is just don't ever swear by anything related to the Lord, mm -hmm. the temple, the throne, the yeah. name of God. I think... <clears throat> I don't know. That's a different conversation yeah. entirely. Okay. Because I'm thinking of a few examples that we do that in culture now, mm. like in courtrooms and presidential inaugurations. Oh, interesting. We lay our hands in the Bible and take an oath. And I'm like, is that too far? You know, or, or I mean, wow. I think that kind of plays into this interpretation that we're going to get into where we're like kind of maybe not completely using the Lord's name in their correct way yes. or like being the best examples of who he is when we label ourselves by what we swear on, whether it's the Bible mm. or whatever. I'm not, I'm, it's not at a, a political thing at all. It's like, yeah, I look no. at, you know, presence on both sides and anyone, just a random person off the street that has to swear. I don't know. Do you swear on the Bible in a courtroom courtroom? Yeah, you do. You put yeah. your right hand on the Bible when mm -hmm. you say the, I, We'll speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Yeah, whoa, yeah. Isn't that it? Mm -hmm. So I think the idea is if I lie, God will mm -hmm. God will do something about that. And I, <laughs> I think what we're going to get into, what um, Dr. Carmen Irons talks about is, yeah, this is... this is Just a, send it. This is a... Mm -hmm. We often look at the Ten Commandments as like a moral list that everyone should follow. Um, no matter if you're a follower of Christ or not. Like don't murder. That's don't just murder. a good thing to yeah. live by. Like most people, if they saw someone murder someone, like you have no idea who God is, but you, something in you is like, that's wrong, you know? Sure. Um, but she points out that this third commandment is really pointed to the people of God hmm. as, as in, if you are going to be my people, I, you must, you know, represent my name well. Mm. So I think that's where it's butting up in my head against the public use of it in our civic culture. Um, when, if you're not a Christian and you say you're going to swear on the Bible, so help me God or whatever, there's that, I mean, maybe that's actually more meaningless than a Christian doing that and then lying. Wow. Yeah. I think that's where, I think that's where my confusion, I need to verbal, verbally process that. Yeah, sure. So I think, why don't you, do you want to lay out her thought in a better way? Oh, sure. I kind of connected it to that conversation, but. Cool. Okay. Well, Welcome everyone to Dr. Carmen Imes. Um, fourth of the list that I've gone through, this is our fourth interpretation. Okay, yes. Um, and we'll call it, do you like the words, like the representative yeah. interpretation? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'll go with that. Or like the belonging to, I don't know. Yeah. What a good, we'll, we'll flush it out. But what she says is, well, just look at these Hebrew words for a minute, everybody. <laughs> you shall not take the name of the Lord, your God in vain. Um, it doesn't say anything about speaking in there. Mm -hmm. What she pointed out is the only word in there that might imply some kind of speaking is the word name. Yeah. Because names are spoken. Names are spoken, mm -hmm. but the word is take. And that's not like a, a Hebrew way of talking about talking. <laughs> yes. There are Hebrew words for speaking that could have been used. 
The Hebrew word here is nasah, which people can remember really easily because it sounds like NASA. Yeah. And NASA um, rocket ships lift up <laughs> from the mm-hmm. ground. Yeah. I think that's probably how every Hebrew student in the United States thinks of the I word love Nassau. It. Uh, it was one of the first ones I memorized because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nassau just means to pick up, to lift up, to carry. So I just Nassau'd my Bible by picking it up. Yeah. Um, so to pick it up, to have it, to carry it, to bear it is like the NIV, I think translates it that way. Um, you shall not bear certain names. Mm-hmm. Um, I just went through, Oh, let me see. I'm a man of many tabs <laughs> and I lost my tab here. It's all good. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Here it is. So if you just check this word out, Nassau and glance through all of the different uses of it in the Bible, you'll see it's incredibly utilized. It's used almost 700 times in the Old Testament, which is a lot. So it's a very common word that Mm -hmm. just means to carry, to pick up, um, to bear. I have to imagine it was probably used when they had to carry the Ark of the Covenant places. Oh, exactly. Yeah. That that was actually on this list Mm -hmm. to lift up your eyes. Oh, wow. Um, if you like looked up at the horizon and saw something that's, it's used that way a lot Interesting that someone like brought their attention to something by lifting up their eyes, mm-hmm. they nasaud their eyes, um, so on and so forth. None of these things that I'm looking at just really briefly have to do with speaking. So what does Dr. Carmen Imes do? She says, okay, you shall not take the name of the Lord, your God. Mm-hmm. Let's look at in the law, another place where someone takes a name yeah, um, and see what the context is. And she flips just eight chapters later, Exodus 28. The priest is to Nassau the names of the 12 tribes of Israel into the temple, into the tabernacle, excuse mm-hmm. me, on the breastplate that the priest wears on his chest. Um, if you want me to read that specifically, if you want. Um, yeah, yeah. Here it is. Aaron shall carry the names of the sons of Israel in the breastplate of judgment over his heart when he enters the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. That's Exodus 28, 29. So this Mm -hmm. is just eight chapters after the 10 commandments are first revealed. And it says, Aaron shall Nassau the names of the sons of Israel. He shall take, he shall carry. Mm -hmm. Um, And what her sense is, is okay. The priest is going in to the holy place of God, representing all of the people of God by carrying their names on his chest mm-hmm. by this breastplate. In the same way, God is saying, as my people, I don't want you to carry my name as mm-hmm. some kind of representative of me because you are my people in a way that doesn't rightly represent who I am and who I've declared you to be. Totally. That's so good. Did that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And she also relates it to um, also of the priestly garments. They wear a medallion on their forehead that mm-hmm. says like, I belong to God. Yep. Um, Yahweh. Yeah. But um, it, Nassau isn't used there, but it's like, you're still, 
if this idea of carrying the name, he's carrying the name into the temple, into the temple to the people back and forth. Um, and so that's where it's like even more, that's the name of God on his head yep. being a representative of God from the holy place to the people and back and forth. That's great. It's a, it's a, it kind of blew me away. Um, I, once I started to think about what this could mean, I sort of landed somewhere along the lines of this, just thinking about the scripture. And I, and I was like, I never thought about it this way before, but it's, it's, and it's, it feels very Sermon on the Mounty, where it's like, (laughs) It's more than just saying something. And that's where we're not yeah. like just throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's probably still something to not flippantly using the name of God just out in the world. Yeah. But the heart of it is to, if you are my people and you know, you are living a life that, you know, your Instagram bio says, I don't know, cross equals love or something like that, you know? Sure. Um, <laughs> And you're just living a life that is not of Christ at all mm-hmm. or is, or is bringing, you know, just death into the world by the things that you say or do or portray, portray, is that the right word? Portray. 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 Yeah. You got it. I was really struggling with that. Um, <laughs> I think that's, that's the heart of this mm-hmm. is like, we are called to be a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood. And so if we are, you know, ascribing to any other um, ideologies and putting them in a higher place than God too, which plays into more 10 commandments. Yes. It's like we are misrepresenting and like misusing the Lord's name. That's excellent. Is that, it's like, I'm glad that you brought it back to the 10 or the sermon on the Mount and you made that an adjective. It's sermon on the Mountie. Yeah. (laughs) I like that (laughs) because what Jesus does in the sermon on the Mount is he says, Hey, Y'all have been looking at these laws in a way that makes them legalistic. They're like little check mark boxes. You're forgetting that all these laws are about the heart. Yeah. Thou shalt not murder at its heart means you shouldn't hate anyone. You should love everybody. Yeah. Um, You should take care of each other and an expression of the bad thing, which is in your heart. Sometimes it is manifested as murder which is a no, no. So Mm. don't murder, but there's, there's something bigger behind that, that you're supposed to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, same thing with committing false witness, bearing false witness. It's like, if someone came to me and asked, I don't know, you know, the way we justify lying by just saying, well, I didn't say exactly the thing, but I kind of skirted around what they asked Mm -hmm. in order to not reveal my cards entirely. Like you could be deceptive, but still say I didn't outright lie. Totally. So like if someone came to me and said, Hey, did you steal orange juice from Albertsons yesterday? Because they saw that I was like sneaking out of Albertsons. I might say no, but if I had stolen apple juice, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, I'm mm-hmm. still bearing false witness because mm-hmm. I, the the heart of their question remains, did you steal something? Yeah, did you steal? Yeah. But the words of their question were, did you steal apple juice? And I'm able to skirt around it by saying no, or orange. You got you get what I'm saying. Yes, yeah, yeah. So behind all these laws, you're supposed to see the heart. And what I like about Dr. Carmen Imes' approach is she's taking this 
and making it a lot bigger than we typically think. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with our identity as the people of God representing him in all that we do. Yes. It's a very holistic commandment. Mm -hmm. When you're at the grocery store, speaking of it, when you're at school, when you're at the workplace, in your home, take up and carry the Lord's name as his representative well. Mm -hmm. Don't do so in a vain way. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Should we talk about what in vain might mean? Yes. Here? In the old Hebrews? In classic Hebrew? Yeah. Lashav. Um, Basically, honestly, I haven't done a super deep dive into this, but um, Jeremiah chapter two, verse 30, God is not super excited about the way that the Israelites have been living. In case you don't know the context of Jeremiah, a lot of bad things are about to go down. There's judgment um, because they have been representing him incorrectly. Basically, Mm -hmm. they haven't been the people that he called them to be. Yeah. And this is what God says in Jeremiah 2, 30. I have struck your sons in vain, Lashav, same word. They accepted no discipline. You own sword, your own sword has devoured your prophets like a voracious lion. Um, which is Jeremiah's way of saying like God came and there was judgment. There was discipline from the throne of heaven, Yeah, but it didn't actually affect any change. Um, there was no effect because they just continued to be wicked even after the discipline. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I've never dealt with this before, but are you ever in a position as a parent where you have to discipline your kid and then after the discipline, it doesn't change anything? We're not quite there yet, yeah. really, but I'm sure that will happen. Zakai's too perfect. He's too perfect right uh-huh. now. He's two. Yeah, he's all, yeah, he's also two. So it's <laughs> just like, we're not like, we're guiding, but not, we're guiding with a pool noodle, not a rod and staff. <laughs> well, that's good. I like that image. I imagine that parents run into that. Oh, 100%. That's what I've heard. For Which sure. there, that discipline might feel like it's in vain. Not that the discipline was bad, but it just didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. It affected no change. Yeah. So if I'm carrying the name of God throughout life as his representative and it's not doing anything, that's in vain. Absolutely. I think this, I mean, in the Old Testament, is it uh, Jesus that says like you lukewarm something, I spit you out? Oh yeah. In Revelation. That's in Revelation. To the church of Laodicea, I believe. But I think... Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just, there's something to this. Yes, I'm nominally a Christian, but there's no effect on my life and the people around me Mm -hmm. that I think that is like a command from the Lord. It's if you are going to pick up my name and follow me, there's also a cross to be picked up as well. Wow. Um, That, that will have an effect on you. Um, Wow. Wow. I didn't realize those two pick up things. That's Harry. beautiful. Um, I wonder if that's meant to be connected. I love that. Yeah. That would be the same word. But Nassau, yeah. And if so it was if, if you, if you say, oh man, Jesus is awesome, but never pick up your cross, you're going to have, uh, for the most part, a very fruitless life mm-hmm. with, with short term gains and no reward. Wow. You know, I think I've, I, that's what I've learned. It's like to, to allow the, the work of God and the sanctifying work 
um, is what is going to bring any fruitfulness from our um, discipleship to Christ. Yeah, that's good. Um, So as we become a royal priesthood, there's something that needs, there's work that needs to be done. That's great. I'm glad you used the words royal priesthood because that's a language that we've been, Mm -hmm. you know, operating in at River House. So if we are to represent the world to God and God back to the world, Mm -hmm. which is part of what it means to be a royal priest. Yeah. Which um, is what we see Aaron doing in Exodus. Exactly. While he has that holiness belonging to the Lord Mm -hmm. on his head in the medallion. Um, he is a, he's a high priest mm-hmm. in that moment and we're called to be priests yes. in the new Testament. Totally. If that's going to be us, then when we leave the temple <laughs> and go out into the world, people need to feel the goodness of God, like emanating off of us. Yes. You know, and that's not to say that we need to be uh, somewhere in here. It's really important. I think that we throw in the grace element. 100%. <laughs> you know, it's not to say that we need to be perfect in order to get to heaven or something. Like mm-hmm. if you or perfect to be a good, to not take the Lord's name in vain, you know? Yeah. It's like, Oh, if I can't be perfect, then I am breaking this commandment, wow. you know? But the reality is, is we aren't perfect and life is hard mm-hmm. and all these things. And there is grace. Um, sorry, I interrupted you, but, but yeah, just that like, um, you were already saying it. I'm sorry. No, you had it. That, thank you. <laughs> because if you start to think, oh no, now I have to like strive super hard in order to not take the Lord's name in vain mm-hmm. and be really paranoid about all these little things that I do that might be perceived like a misrepresentation of his reputation. That's not the abundant life. That's not the easy yoke mm-hmm. that Jesus is inviting us into. Yeah. That, so. can, that becomes religious. Totally. And then it becomes, don't say, oh my yeah, God, totally. You know, which is just legalistic little religious boxes. I, I really liked how this was just so relatable to the early church and what it meant to be a little Christ, a Christian. It's just mm. like, there is, there isn't it. There is a relate, uh, this is related to us being image bearers of God. Yeah. Um, go off. I think what is different, like all of creation all humans are made in the image of God. Amen. But, and I, and I would say until you have accepted Christ, you are not, um, like you are not held to this standard. Wow. Sure. Does that make sense? You don't bear the name of the Lord. You don't bear the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's like you have not realized, um, I think to, to make, to, to walk out the third commandment so well, you have to realize your identity putting mm-hmm. on the priestly garments that say, I belong to God. Wow. And then you have his name on you. And then you have to be, get to be the Lord's representative out wow. in the world to your neighbors, your family, your church and beyond. So I think that's where the, that interplay is, but it's amazing that there's something to that name from Genesis, you know, throughout the whole book. Yes. I, and I, I loved kind of going off on this identity piece. Um, Dr. Carmen laid out the first two commandments. You shall have no other gods before me and you shall not make idols, false mm-hmm. idols are, are God saying, I am your God. You know, yep. that, I mean, that's 
I'm your God. You shall have no other gods before me. Yep. And the second one is you are my people. I mean, the, this third one of mm-hmm. don't take the Lord's name in vain is, is coming from the heart of you are my people. Wow. So if we have this identity um, in the covenant of Christ or covenant of the Yahweh God is a realization and a picking up of the identity that he is our God and we are his people. Wow. Which is the biblical narrative. Mm-hmm. That's the garden of Eden. That's revelation in the new Jerusalem that he shall be the people's God and mm-hmm. they shall be his people are yeah. words that are used. So how, how beautiful is that construct compared to, uh, God's telling me I'm not supposed to worship anyone else. I'm not supposed to make little statues and worship them. I'm not supposed to say things like, Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to not work on Sundays, <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah, no, it's like, there's such a more beautiful picture painted when you get to the heart. Wow. Of it. And we could honestly just spend a lot of time going through the 10 commandments and try and like flush out the heart behind each one. There's so much more there than we realize. And this is a good example of it to not take the Lord's name in vain really should be towards the top of the list mm-hmm. of things not to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Because of this identity bit in, in God, we're his representatives to the world Mm -hmm. belonging to him. Totally. Everywhere we go, we carry his name Mm -hmm. in one way or another. As people know that I'm a Christian, I now represent Jesus to the world. Mm -hmm. And I heard this recently. In fact, one of our youth told me this and I thought it was so sad. Mahatma Gandhi said, I love your Christ, but I hate your Christians, Hmm. which I think what's the essence of that critique. The critique is the people of your church don't look like the Lord that you follow. Mm -hmm. They're not bearing his name correctly. You know, as they bear his name, they're actually representing the opposite heart Hmm. of what he bore. And now whether, Gandhi really understood who Christ was as a different conversation because maybe he didn't really For love sure. Christ in the way that he thought he did because mm-hmm. Jesus, if he really knew who Jesus was, I'm sure Gandhi would have bowed to him and given his allegiance to Come Jesus. On. Yeah, that's a good word. And he never did that. But um, it's still, I think it's a critique on the church's ability to take the Lord's name well, mm-hmm. that the world looks at the church with frustration, judgment, sometimes even hatred or disdain. Yeah. I would, um, especially now. Right. We are like, I would say a people uh, of thought that are in exile, that a lot of people in mm-hmm. America, especially look to Christians as having very antiquated ideas that are even dangerous to the society that we're in. Wow. And, and it's like, I don't think if, if we all look like Jesus, I know they wouldn't be saying that. Right. Because we would be the salt of the earth Mm -hmm. that would be the light to the world that like actually is casting out darkness. Like in the church, the world should find its hope Mm -hmm. because in Jesus, the world has found hope and the church is just Jesus's ambassadors. We're his hand and feet Mm -hmm. We're his body. Right. Come on. So this, I mean, this, you can see how the command is so holistic. Yeah. It's expansive. I wanted to point out this, um, example, hopefully these are not God's words to us today, but I fear they might be. 
Oh boy. Ezekiel 36, um, verse 22 and 23. If you're familiar with the context, Israel is getting destroyed by Babylon because they've been disobedient. They haven't taken care of the poor, mm. of the widow. Yeah. Um, they've gotten proud. They've been exclusive. Their goal was to be a blessing to all nations. And instead they just accumulated wealth and started worshiping other gods, <laughs> you know, yeah. they totally did the wrong thing. And so Babylon had to come in and just do a little mm. cleanup job. Oh, anyway. So this is, this is what Ezekiel 36 verses 22 through 23 says, listen to the wording here. Therefore tell the house of Israel that this is what the Lord God says. It is not for your sake that I will act. O house of Israel, but for my holy name, which you profaned among the nations to which you went, I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. <laughs> Hear that repetition. Yeah. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when I show my holiness in you before their eyes. That's a that that's an interesting passage because it's is God saying like I'm going to rescue you not for your not because you deserve to be rescued but because my name should be so holy and you've profaned it. It's that's kind of a weird Yeah. That's a weird box to I don't know. I don't know. I don't like that. Box. It kind of stings. It does sting. I guess it stings because it makes God sound like he doesn't want to save because he loves his people. Mm -hmm. He just wants to save for his own sake. Yeah. Like, uh, he's more, face. more concerned about saving face. Um, I, I'm glad you brought that up because you could totally hear it that way. Uh, I think if you frame this in the original call of Israel, Genesis chapter 12, mm -hmm. when, God comes to Abram and he says, you are to be my chosen people. I will be your God. Your descendants will be a blessing to all the nations of the world. Mm -hmm. If you see that as the framework around God's people from that point forward, then, okay, great. Israel is going to be the representatives of the name. They're going to be the ones who demonstrate to the world how wonderful God is so that the world can come into relationship with God. Hmm. Um, it's like the elect in this scenario, Israel, they weren't elected just for their own sake. They were elected for the sake of the world. Mm, that's a good way to put it. And they, they forgot that they forsook that calling and instead misrepresented God's name and now God's saying, I'm, I'm not trying to save face. I'm trying to save the world. Mm -hmm. But in order for the world to be saved, they have to know who I am. And you have done a horrible job representing who I am, Israel. Mm -hmm. So I have to clean this up. And there's going to have to be some judgment here. And I'm going to rescue you in order to put this project back on the rails yeah. so that the world can see who I really am. Hmm. that I'm the kind of God that wants to care for the children that don't have parents. And right now, Israel, you're not showing the world that I'm that kind of God. Instead, you're showing the world that I'm the kind of God that's demanding you sacrifice your firstborn child. And that's not who I am. Hmm. That's sorry. I went off there. That's something that Israel had been doing. They were sacrificing their children at the time, right before the exile. 
And so if other nations came this around... Is, this is for another god too, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, for another god. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know whether that child sacrifice was ever done in the name of the Lord, but they were definitely doing it in the name of other gods. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, it's still demonstrating to the rest of the world... Oh, this is what the people following Yahweh do. Yeah. That must be representative of who Yahweh is. Also in that time, that's just like, that's, uh, completely ascribing to the cultures around them. Totally. Um, they like weren't separating themselves at all. Like, so they, they had no saltiness compared to anyone else. If we're going to use that language. Wow. And, and I think practically, um, nowadays, People do just say, you know, oh my gosh, and cheese and crackers and all the, you know, those are all the, the tame ways of saying different things. But yeah. it's like, I think by, by the way we dress and eat and speak and consume, we should look different than the world mm. because, um, and that's, and this is all kind of a call to that as well. It's great. So it's like, it can be, it's much more holistic than just speaking, which is funny that we're starting here on the power of the tongue series. <laughs> totally. But it, it, it was, it, it kind of, I was expecting it to be all about speaking. Right. About just a simple list of things not to say. Huh. And not surprisingly, it's holistic and it's laying down things and picking up new things. Um, picking up good things. That's great. I'm wondering if there will be a little bit of a trend there that when we're talking about gossip and slander and truth and lies, if true, if we're going to go quite beyond the tongue, even, even swearing, you know? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Cause ultimately, Hmm. Let's see. What does Jesus have to say to the Pharisees who are like washing their hands? He says, it's not what goes in you that defiles you. It's what comes out of you. Yeah. Like what you speak. Mm hmm. Um, and so if with your thoughts and your words, you're representing certain ideas, um, you'll be defiled by the, any impure ones. Yeah. Uh, and I think that defiling is more holistic than we realize. So I'm, right. I, I'm guessing we're probably going to trend in the holistic route in all of these conversations. But this one is a little bit of a fun, like... Every once in a while, people who study Hebrew get excited because it's like, Ooh, in the English or in our culture, well, you've been missing it. Mm-hmm. Let's peer behind the veil of the translation yeah. and see what the original language has to say. And it's like, wow, actually very helpful that this brings a lot of value to our interpretation of yeah. this. Totally. Um, that goes way beyond the tongue. question for you this is in exodus for a people that um you know you had this whole law of all this stuff and it's just in the middle of all this law yeah we live post jesus i know this is a question that i think people have is like what what why do we even ascribe to what the old testament law has to say and does Jesus bring this up at all? 
Wow. Yes. I think we've sort of touched on it, but I want to like really clarify this, this, that like this is something that is fruitful for us, fruitful for us to glean wisdom from. Yeah. I think I want to do three things. One, the Exodus, one, the Sermon on the Mount and another, the Lord's Prayer. So buckle up. All right. One, the Exodus for Israel. When they left Egypt, that was the quintessential moment of salvation. They were saved. Hmm. These laws were given to them as a grace by God so that they could define what life in their civilization that they had yet to establish was going to look like. Mm -hmm. So these laws do not feel like a burden to them. They feel like a gift. It's like, Hey, what are the rules by which we play this game called life Lord? And God says here, Let me show you who I am and what my heart is like based on a legal structure that's going to help you create civilization. Mm -hmm. It's going to help you speak to one another. So this is really practical. It's an act of grace from grace to grace. It actually says in John chapter one that this is viewed as gracious. Mm. So I think when we see the laws of the Old Testament as anything other than that, if we just see them as legalistic and my means to mm-hmm. salvation yeah. were missing it. Um, this was not their means to salvation. Th- they were already saved in their minds. Um, this was their means to holy living, hmm. which is the invitation that we also have yeah. after salvation. Mm-hmm. So again, we don't follow any rules, any laws in order to get to heaven. As Christians, all we do is submit to the blood of Christ in faith. We identify Jesus as Lord and the salvific work, the saving work has been accomplished right then. And now Jesus says, pick up your own cross. I want you to practice this way of life. I want you to love your enemy. Um, And those are ways of allowing the kingdom of God to come to earth as it is in heaven Mm -hmm. through us, Mm -hmm. which is why in the sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it because everything that was in the law was just pointing to me. He means, Mm -hmm. and I am, I'm rounding it out. When, when you looked at the Exodus as the quintessential saving moment, it was actually just a foretaste of the saving moment that I'm now bringing which is why he took things like the Passover feast, which was such a big deal in Jewish culture. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is my body and this is my blood. He took the Passover moment in the Exodus story and said, even it was like a foreshadowing of the ultimate Passover, Mm -hmm. which is my blood. So see how he's not getting rid of the Passover. Mm -hmm. He's maximizing it. He's saying this, this is actually the value and it's better than you even realized. Yeah. Um, I'm not abolishing a single tat or tittle. I think the words are, do you know? I forget of yeah. the Hebrew instead I'm fulfilling it. Hmm. And this is what fulfillment looks like. I think okay. to bring the law to what is the heart of the law, not the letter of the law. The letter of the law is legalistic. Mm-hmm. It's ritualistic. Um, it creates people who look like the Pharisees that are whitewashed tombs and heaven forbid that we become whitewashed tombs. You know, if I'm following the letter of the law, if I'm, if I'm, you know, cutting apart my mint so that 10% of it goes to the temple and the other 90% is for me. And I'm doing the same with the dill and I'm doing the same with all of my spices. Jesus says, 
great, but are you loving the poor? Yeah. And then the Pharisees are like, no, we spit on the poor when we walk past them. Mm. Jesus is like hypocrite. Yeah. You're missing the heart. You're following the letter of these laws because you want control and the law gives you a sense of control, but yeah. I'm inviting you into a more holistic way of living. Hmm. And it all stems from loving the Lord and loving others as yourself. Anyway, sorry, I'm going off a little bit. It's so good. <clears throat> the third point is um, the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. When Jesus' disciples asked him, teach us to pray, they were asking for something to recite mm-hmm. that would communicate the most essential values of Jesus' yeah. this kingdom of God that he was talking about. And what does he say at the very beginning? Our Father, identifying relationship that we have collectively mm-hmm. to our God that calls himself our Father. Yeah. We're his children. Such an intimate term right there, mm-hmm. especially in this day. And then, hallowed be your name. In other words, may your name, God, be kept holy. May your reputation be set apart. May people see you for who you really are. Mm -hmm. Magnificent, transcendent, beautiful, loving, gracious Father. May the world see you for who you are. Mm -hmm. So there's an active call to pick up the name of God and make it holy. I think so. From from Jesus. I think right there. I think Jesus is saying the third commandment in a new way Mm -hmm. in the Lord's prayer. I think that makes sense. Yeah. No, I do you No, I, I love that. I think that's so good. Again, I I know that this can be interpreted a little bit differently. There are some people who translate that our father who is in heaven, you are holy Mm -hmm. instead of hallowed be your name. But, or may your name be holy or may your name be holy. I like that though, because it's a prayer that says, may you come and help your reputation remain pure in Mm. me, in the church, in the world. May people not misunderstand you. Mm -hmm. Like that's a prayer. Do you think that's a prayer for God to make his name holy or for us to make his name holy? Yes. Both. Yeah. Okay. I think... We make God's name holy as we're empowered by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to do so. Yeah. Um, and God doesn't need us to do that work, but he chooses to use us. So good. Which is classic God move, mm-hmm. you know. He yeah. never really needed anybody. He just always mm-hmm. uses them because he's committed to humans. He, he loves us. relationship. It's, it's just Christianity is so fun. Isn't it? <laughs> it's so good. Well, um, I got really fired up. No, I thank you for getting fired up. Thanks. Also, you're just so eloquent. You're when <laughs> I know that you're tired. It's like amazing. <laughs> um, I feel like an interesting place to end. Mm. Maybe talk a little bit about an unholy name. Oh, do you yeah. want to go there? Maybe let's just go there. Okay, let's see. Do you have a can like of worms? Spice. Yeah, that we can oh, open yeah. really quick. Exactly. Let me get my uh, can opener. Uh, yes. Just, just because there, I mean, I think what we're getting into is revelation. Mm-hmm. There are people that have picked up the wrong name and put it on themselves. Wow. Say that. You know, say and, that. and, and there are also people in revelation that have put on the name of Yahweh yep. and have represented him well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just, I think of, it's a kind of a cool way to get the full Genesis to revelation yeah. picture of what this might look like to pick up a name. That's good. Anywho, go ahead. I'm reminded of if we want to say from beginning to end, like 
Adam and Eve, when they take of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, follow the advice of the serpent. Um, they start to almost identify themselves with the serpent by obeying him, mm-hmm. by like walking in his ways rather yeah. than the Lord's. Cain for sure does the same thing. Um, God tells Cain that sin is like a beast crouching at your door and he wants to devour you, hmm. but you can subdue it. Do not fall into this sin. Don't let this sin overtake you, Cain. Yeah. But Cain falls and allows sin to devour him, becoming in a way a kind of beast himself. So there was a beast wow. crouching at his door. Fascinating. And he was he was subdued by it rather than in the image of God subduing it. Hmm. You see that? Yes, yeah. And throughout the Bible, there are beasts. Um, that I would say it's, we can confidently say they're like humans that are subject to dark powers Yeah. in the spiritual realm. Um, Nebuchadnezzar, Pharaoh, like some of these great evil yes. bad guys. Goliath is a great example of one. And the Bible kind of intentionally paints him as a serpent mm-hmm. in the Hebrew language even. Um, that then David slays and he crushes the head of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is a big yeah. rabbit trail, but there's, there's a motif all throughout the Bible of the beast, the one who represents the beast. Mm-hmm. And then the one who bears my name, mine being Yahweh's name. Um, and then in, in revelation, of course, because revelation ties maybe all, I don't know, at least most of the, predominant themes of the whole Bible together. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a masterpiece. Revelation is, it does talk about people who bear the name of the Lord, the mark of Jesus, Mm -hmm. and then people who bear the mark of the beast. And I would say, if you disagree with this and you want to push back, feel free. Mm -hmm. But I would say the interpretation of this that I'm most compelled by is not that the mark of the beast is going to be like something that we carry or put inside ourselves mm-hmm. accidentally, like a logo, you know? Totally. There's a lot of people in our day and age that are saying things like that. Mm-hmm. When the Apple watch first came out, it was like, that's the mark of the beast yeah. or Bitcoin is the mark of the beast or whatever. As he was wearing an Apple Whoa. watch. Um, I bought Bitcoin, Bitcoin with my Apple watch. Oh my gosh. Oh no. <laughs> um, and you know, maybe there's some prophetic argument to make there that I don't understand, mm-hmm. but I think biblically what's happening is, um, John the visionary is seeing that there are people who are bearing the name of the Lord and there are people who are bearing the name of the enemy, Yeah, representing God and representing the enemy, mm-hmm. which has been happening all along. Yes. Even still does. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely will at the end of the age, um, until Christ comes in judgment and eradicates all of that nonsense and makes things whole and wipes mm-hmm. away every tear. Um, so who we represent with the way we live our lives, I don't think should be like a, a paranoid question of, oh no, did I let the wrong words slip out of my mouth mm-hmm. or, oh no, am I like wearing the wrong thing? Instead, it should be, am I living my life in a way that represents who God is? Yeah. 
with the love of Jesus? Mm -hmm. Do I sit with the poor and feed them when they're hungry? Cause that's the kind of lifestyle that Jesus lived. Mm -hmm. And if I'm doing that, I'm representing him. Yeah. And on the flip side, am I jealous, envious, murderous, even literally, or just in my heart yeah, angry. Yeah. And you'll find yourself in, in the way of Cain mm -hmm. being devoured by the beast and thereby taking, uh, taking on yourself, the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. Is that okay no, that I no, went there? I think that's so good. I, I, I had a link in my head oh, about even how the tongue is to be tamed and Ooh. subdued. Like the tongue is almost an animal. Like the tongue is an animal. <laughs> That's fun. Which is kind of like a could, I wonder if that theme could be throughout this series uh. a little bit of like, we cannot like, do not be controlled by your tongue. Isn't there like rudder stuff That's about great. tongue? Yes. Too? We're going to get in man. that. Yeah. There's so, so there's a lot to, That's good. I don't know. Names James and tongues and fascinating. Isn't this great? Mm -hmm. No, I just thought it was a good way to kind of paint the whole picture mm. and maybe give light to also what is it, what's being said about the mark of the beast. Right. When we have like the mark of Yahweh shown to us in Abraham, right. you know? And so it's could be more of a, an interpretation could be this invisible thing that we carry the, right. the, the life that we live. Wow. It's like, look around the world and see, mm -hmm. if, see if there's anyone that you can identify that seems to be a representative of the powers of darkness. Yeah. Th they bear the mark of the beast mm -hmm. because they're, they're, they're bearing, they're taking the name of the enemy mm -hmm. in the same way that I seek with my whole life to bear the name of the Lord, yeah, to represent it well and to be his ambassador on the earth. This article that we, uh, it's good talked about, um, from the Bible project also mentions tattoos, mm. which we didn't really get into. Yeah. But I think just something to think about is. Um, you know, the jury's out whether tattoos are, are wrong in my opinion, <laughs> but to be thoughtful of what name you put on your body, yeah. like what are you willing to, what thing are you willing to tattoo on when you might not be willing to tattoo the name of Yahweh or something? Like how does, how do the things that you wear shirts, tattoos, I think that all is rep representative of, you know, what name we're bearing, you know? Yeah. Just something like, I mean, I've seen, I see hateful t-shirts out there, you know? Wow. I would say bumper stickers, bumper stickers. Those are all ways to like mark yourself in a way that is either for the world or for the God, Yahweh God. Yeah. Just an interesting thought. Like think about the car that has the Jesus fish on one side and then a bumper sticker on the other side that uses an expletive like the F word along with a political figure that that person doesn't like. Yeah. Both sides mm -hmm. are definitely guilty of that. Oh yeah. 100%. Uh, what does that say? Oh, that representative of Jesus because he's got the Jesus fish. I know what that means. Yeah. Also says F this person. Is that bearing the name of the Lord correctly? Yeah. Or in vain, in vain, mm -hmm. in in damage, in disrepute. Yeah. And I would say like, I love the translation mm. of with no effect. Yeah. To no effect. Yeah. So it's like, you might think you're like, Hey, look at me. I got the Jesus fish. Like I'm such a good Christian, <laughs> you know, but what's the effect? Yeah. The effect is 
no, you're not like, no one's <laughs> thinking that, you know, like, are the fatherless feeling any more fathered because you're a part of the church? <laughs> yeah. Like if not, maybe we should rethink the way we're living our lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. Not again, because we need to be saved by that work. It's because Jesus is inviting us as co-laborers who have been saved mm-hmm. into this kingdom of God. Yeah. To be royal priests. Amen. Image bearers. Come on. Disciples. Yes. Radical disciples. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So friends, wherever you find yourself today, we pray that you, if you identify with Christ yourself, we pray that you would take the call to bear his name seriously mm-hmm. with reverence. Yes. Not fear, maybe fear of God, like a holy fear. Holy fear. Yeah. 100%. Um, and there's way more we could have gone into. So if this has interested you, check out the podcast, the Bible Project podcast, where they interview Dr. Carmen Imes. That'll be linked mm-hmm. below yes. this. In the show notes. In yep. the show notes. Um, also, if you really want to send it, read her book. Both of us are interested now in reading her book. <laughs> yes. Totally. And just do some do some searching on your own and feel free to send us emails or questions that you might have, follow-ups or whatever. We always love to hear feedback. Um, but yeah, my, our prayer for you is that you would find yourselves, uh, longing to represent the compassionate, gracious, mm-hmm. loving and faithful heart yeah. of God in your daily walk, Yes, um, in every way that you can mm-hmm. so that you bear his name, not in vain. Yeah, absolutely. And not because it's on a checklist of things to do and not do, but because it comes from identity of who God is and who, whose we are. Wow. I tag onto that. That's perfect. It really all falls into place when you know who God is. Oof. I've quoted A.W. Tozer so many times in the last few weeks. Let's hear it again. Well, again, this is a paraphrase, but he says, what comes to our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. If you think that God is a taskmaster in heaven that just wants you to check a list, honestly, I think a lot of the the U.S. thinks of him that way. Then, yeah, the Ten Commandments, it's just like uh, rules by which I have to live. Mm-hmm. If, he's, if he is who we claim he is in Jesus, this triune, compassionate community of love that wants to invite all of creation into co-laboring, creativity and mm-hmm. generosity alongside him. Wow. This story is way better than any of us give it credit for. Let's go. And that has a lot to say about who we are and how we are to live. Boom. Praise Jesus. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. This was fun. This was good. I'm excited for this series. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to take us down roads I wasn't expecting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to adventuring down those roads with you, Jace. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess only one thing remains unsaid. Bye. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Waters podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. 
We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse Worship Team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.